0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10
1: per order. Additional terms apply.
0: It's Wednesday, and every Wednesday, we're joined by one of the oldest, one of the biggest, one of the best veteran service organizations out there. I'm speaking, of course, of the American Legion. And today, our special guest is their TBI and PTSD programs coordinator, Ryan Britch. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us, and welcome to The Morning Briefing. Good morning, Eric. It's good to be with you. You are a veteran yourself, and we'll talk about that first. So, Ryan, tell me a little bit about your service, when you joined, where you're from, and what you did while you were in.
1: Sure. So, so Eric, I uh, born and raised in Vermont. I joined the Vermont Army National Guard uh, in 2007, and I was activated in 2009. Uh, I was uh, Army Infantry and uh, went to the remote mountains of, of Afghanistan, and I spent a, a year on, on the border there.
0: Mm. Which part of uh, Afghanistan is that Pactia
1: in? Near, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the area, but with, with Gardez, uh, I at uh, Cop Herrera.
0: So you served, you deployed to Afghanistan. Now, when did you actually leave the Army?
1: So um, I got off, well, I returned home from Afghanistan, and this would have been December of, of 2010.
0: 2010, which was a time when things were starting to wind down for the military, right. but the military had had quite a bit of practice with the surge and everything and helping exactly. people get out. What was the transition process for you, Ryan? What was it like when you got out? Was it Did it go well? Did it not go well?
1: So I, I had a few up, ups and downs. Um, I originally I got home and I decided I was going to be, be a ski bum for a few months before I went to college. Um, and my transition to college was was a bit difficult. Um, I did feel like a fish fish out of water. So I guess the the initial experience was a bit difficult. There was some some transition into into getting into school and getting the hang of things. Um, but around my sophomore year, I finally got in the hang of, hang of school and the hang of work. And I I feel like that's when I, I truly came home.
0: You know, a lot of us who went to college at an older age because of our service in the military Mm -hmm. experience, that as some people call it, Billy Madison syndrome, for those familiar Mm -hmm. with the Adam Sandler film, also just a a different lifestyle where there's Mm -hmm. you're dependent fully on yourself, essentially to get to class, to do everything there and you're dealing with things that are, are are just different, and sometimes it does take a period of adjustment. What was it that helped you, Ryan? Do you think was it just time? Is that all you needed to adjust to that college lifestyle, or was there anything in particular that sticks out
1: as that that changed things for yeah, you? So there there were a few things that, that I struggled with. Um, one was was I, I did have this feeling where if you ever told a, a fellow student that you were, you were a veteran, their their almost their their view of you had had changed. You could almost mm-hmm. see it in in their eyes. Um, so. I went from this guy who I just maybe I wanted to be invited to to a after after class barbecue or maybe maybe grab coffee. I almost had this this view in people's eyes that I was a a ticking time bomb. Like Mm -hmm. almost they didn't trust you. Like when is this guy going to snap? When is he going to when is he going to PTSD out?
0: Yeah, and that's another thing that those preconceived notions that people have of veterans, which. Uh, Have there been instances like that? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I suppose there have been. But you got to remember, there's millions of us out there. And if we all snapped, uh, you'd have Mm -hmm. a pretty big problem on your hands. So that's one of those things. And and younger people especially don't have the life experience to really understand that, I think, and to know a lot of veterans other than those who they meet. Did you feel any sort of uh, pressure to be a good example to them as a veteran in college?
1: Uh, so one of the things that that stuck out most to me during my my college experience was um, this this um, the statement that one of my college professors had made, pretty much made the, the statement that that veterans um, were people who are on the fringe of society. The military recruits people who they can easily brainwash to go fight for oil. Um, they can't make it uh, in the in the regular <laughs> civilian world. And and I took that as as a challenge, and I was going to prove her wrong. And I brought my GPA up, and I got a few few internships, and um, I, and I excelled, in just like millions of other veterans are, are doing.
0: Yeah. And anytime anybody has those sort of sentiments and actually puts them forward mm-hmm. to a veteran, uh, they might be hoping for a reaction. The most typical reaction is the one mm-hmm. that you gave. I'm going to show you mm-hmm. by per- outperforming your expectations. So exactly. good on you for doing that. Now, eventually mm-hmm. you would finish school and you would come to be a part mm-hmm. of the American Legion and mm-hmm. working for the Legion. Tell me how that came to be.
1: Yes. Yeah, so it was actually, I had, um, after, after college, I, I did feel this desire to continue serving and, and giving back in, in some way. Um, so I ended up volunteering for the Peace Corps, and I'd, I recently have gotten back from, from 27 months in, in the Peace Corps in, in Swaziland.
0: Wow, the Peace Corps in Swaziland. Yeah. So was that I've always wondered because I've heard about people going into the Peace Corps, including some veterans, similar to the military in some ways, as far as going over mm-hmm. there? Was it like a deployment for you?
1: It was you wouldn't believe the amount of similarities. The, the only difference was I didn't have my rifle.
0: Mm, yeah, well, when Peace Corps is in the yeah. title, you're probably of it. Uh,
1: especially with, um, <laughs> with the counterinsurgency operations we were doing in Afghanistan, there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of transition. Um, you're working with local counterparts, you're, you're trying to work yourself out of a job, and, and you're trying to, to learn the language and, and work with local people.
0: Wow. So you've already had quite a bit of experience since leaving the military. I mean, we left around the same time. I got out 2011, so uh, seven, eight years now, I guess it is. And it uh, sounds like things are working out fairly well for you. And you're doing some great work with the American Legion. As I mentioned, we're speaking with Ryan Bridge. Ryan is the TBI and PTSD programs coordinator at the American Legion. So Ryan, mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about the programs that the Legion has to address the issues, the dual issues of TBI and PTSD. Mm-hmm. What can you tell us about the Legion's programs?
1: Awesome. So one of the things I do is I, I investigate a lot of the the existing uh, research, um, a lot of the medicines and the programs and methods that are used not only by VA, but also the, the, the CAM therapies uh, to treat PTSD and, and TBI.
0: And there's a lot going on in there. Now, we have suicide issues that are directly related, as far as anyone can tell, Mm -hmm. to TBIs and PTSD. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of work to be done here. It's it's Mm -hmm. obvious to everyone. Even if we've Mm -hmm. seen, supposedly, the number go from 22 veterans a day to 20 a day, uh, it's still way too many. Mm What can you tell us about the research as it relates to suicide and the suicide rates, suicide numbers per day? I mean, what, what direction are we moving on all of
1: that? So this is one thing I really have to commend VA on. Uh, I feel bad for a lot of the guys. They get up in, in, in front of the, the Senate or the, the House Veterans Affairs Committee, and some of the guys get ripped apart. But this is one thing I really have to commend VA on is they're doing a fantastic job in, in terms of suicide and response. Um, they've recently expanded the Veterans Crisis Line so these are 500 uh, employees, they're masters level counselors and, and social workers who are working for, for the crisis line. Um, they're also um, campaigning to destigmatize mental illness. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the, the hashtag Be There campaign. Yes. Um, that's the, one of the things that I'm, I'm really excited about. Um, I, I feel like a, a warm and understanding community is, is, is key for, for a healthy transition.
0: And they have a long, it's not just hashtag activism though. The VA has got a lot of great programs to try and address the issue and reduce the risk of suicide, don't they?
1: So they've recently expanded their integrative health and and wellness programs. Um, And so you've seen a a lot of stuff there in terms of, let's say, meditation and yoga, trying to to instill an overall healthy um, wellness. Right. Um, And so they're also implementing a lot of acupuncture and uh, chiropractic care.
0: They're looking uh, outside the box. Now, there are people who will say that acupuncture and chiropractic uh, Mm -hmm. care are junk science, but you know what? Even if it's a placebo effect, if it's making people feel better and being done properly, what's the harm in that, I would say? And And I I, like the fact that the VA is looking at that stuff.
1: And I'm glad you brought up the placebo effect because a lot of these medications that VA is prescribing our veterans are scientifically not proven uh, to be be effective, and some of them are less effective than than the placebo. Mm.
0: placebo effect is something that uh, the meaning has kind of changed over time a little bit. The fact that believing that something is happening essentially can cause change and cause improvement. Again, that may be enough. If you think acupuncture works for you, you go get acupuncture. If you think chiropractic care works for you, go to see a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it To me, it doesn't matter as long as it's working towards dropping that suicide rate mm-hmm. and increasing the lifespan of the veteran community in general. Mm-hmm. Other things that they're doing include outdoor therapy. Now, I just spent a weekend outdoors, having a great time with some yeah. of my veteran friends. It's something that certainly clears the mind, refreshes the batteries. What is the VA doing with outdoor stuff? Yeah,
1: so I'm really glad you bring that up. And that's actually not something that VA is, is really highlighting, but it's something that a lot of veterans can do outside of the VA. And so I believe that there's a lot of healing power in the outdoors. And if we look back to not only Thoreau and Emerson, but if we go back into the ancient times, you would see a lot of people um, doing doing ceremonies or being outdoors uh, to find solace and peace. If you look at um, like the ancient Greeks, a lot of them would come home from war and they would go out into the wilderness to, to find find their peace. Right. Or if you look at ancient ceremonies with with the young boys becoming men, they would go out into the wilderness and they would they would find themselves.
0: I can speak for just this weekend, being out in a goose blind and sitting there in twenty degree weather and the calmness. It, you just get this sense of serenity, you know, until the geese show up, and that's a whole different thing. But mm-hmm. being outdoors, being mm-hmm. in nature, some of my my best moments, I think, of clarity since mm-hmm. I left the military have come being in the outdoors and being around out there. Yeah. So that's that's huge. Why do you mm-hmm. think they're not shining such a light on that? Do you think there's any reason for it, or do they just? not see it as something um, that people be that interested in. I
1: believe in. that the VA is, is relying on a lot of their, their community uh, partners and a lot of nonprofit organizations. For example, when I got home from Afghanistan, um, I had a social worker at VA refer me to an uh, Outward Bound uh, program, which I found extremely transformational. Uh, I remember we started paddling uh, in the Everglades in the brackish, muddy waters, and we slowly made our way to the, the Gulf of Mexico when the waters opened up and they became more blue. Which I, I found to be an, be an amazing experience, and one of the things I attribute to my healthy transition.
0: Wow, yeah, that could certainly—I could see how that would be something. You know, it's—it's mm-hmm. it's amazing we can sit at home and watch Netflix and be like, "Oh, what a great show!" Mm-hmm. There's nothing compares to some of the things I've seen when I was just out walking around mm-hmm. with my family and having exactly. fun out in the woods, out in the mountains, wherever you go. Um, when we look at the issues of TPI and TBI and PTSD, my apologies. <laughs> There are a lot of people out there doing a lot of great things to address this issue. There are people uh, starting up nonprofits that mm-hmm. they, that are working to address it. There are people that are just volunteering, and that in mm-hmm. particular sticks out to me. Mm-hmm. What do you think volunteers can add to this fight against veteran suicide, PTSD, and TBI? Mm-hmm.
1: So um, one of the things I, I struggled with, and I'm sure you can relate, um, coming home, I definitely feel like I, I lost a lot of my my purpose and a lot of my meaning. And I also missed, uh, missed my brothers-in-arms. I missed the camaraderie. And so you'll, you'll see a lot of new uh, post-9-11 uh, veterans who are setting up these organizations. Take Team Rubicon or the Mission Continues, for example. And th- they're giving vets these, these community service projects or they're responding to disasters. And the, um, they're getting back their, their sense of purpose and their, their self-efficacy.
0: That's huge. And there are, you know, I think people think of PTSD in particular and think, I need to be affected by it to understand mm-hmm. it. And you don't even mm-hmm. need to understand it to know that you can help out your brothers and sisters in arms who might be suffering from it. Mm-hmm. And just by your being there, just mm-hmm. by your reaching out, being a shoulder to lean on, an ear to listen, mm-hmm. you could help save a life. I mean, that's exactly. basically what we're talking about here, isn't
1: mm-hmm. it? Definitely. Um, by just in the fact of, of getting out there and trying to change other people's lives, you might in fact change, change your own life. And and you just turn on the news, you you can see that our country needs you. There's there's mudslides, there's there's fires, there's tornadoes, there's there's floods, there's parks that need to be rebuilt, and, and there's schools that that need to be you know, repainted. So getting out there and, and helping out your community and, and and changing lives is something that could could you know, help you.
0: That's definitely a benefit of it, but not really the reason to do it. You're not doing it for yourself. Mm-hmm. That's just one of those fringe benefits that comes along, and you'll you'll find if you go out and volunteer to do some of this great work. Mm-hmm. We're speaking with Ryan Bridge. Ryan is the TBI and PTSD Programs Coordinator at the American Legion, and we're talking to him about the work that the Legion is doing to address the issues that come along with those traumatic brain injuries and post-traumatic stress. We've talked about the programs. We've talked about the generalities. Let's talk about the individuals, the people mm-hmm. that are out there suffering. What can they do? What should they do? If they start mm-hmm. feeling like they're stuck in that mud, if they start feeling like they're moving towards a bad and dark place, mm-hmm. what should they do, Ryan? Mm-hmm.
1: So first off, there, there's always the Veterans Crisis Line, and you can reach that 1-800-273-TALK, and you press 1 for the option to, to speak for for a veterans counselor. Another thing I, I believe is most important is, is looking at overall health and wellness almost like like a bicycle spoke there's many different aspects to your overall health and wellness and so for example you, you, you need to make sure that you're, you're eating healthy How, how's your nutrition doing are, are you sleeping okay um, are you are you physically healthy you know you remember this from the military healthy no, yeah. body healthy mind um, what's what's your your intellectual activity like are, are you reading any books or are you watching the, the Kardashians on, on TV <laughs> Um, so there's multiple different aspects uh, of your overall health and wellness. You also have to make sure what are your, what are your personal relationships? Like what are your professional relationships? Like, are are you happy at work? Um, or are you working for, for a boss who doesn't, doesn't appreciate you? And and you feel like that's, that's affecting you. There's multiple aspects to your overall health and wellness.
0: What are some of the things that the Legion provides, whether it's to members or to veterans in general, who, who might be getting to that point where they're having some issues with PTSD?
1: So one of the things I'm working on is we're, we're currently trying to draft up an update to one of our old publications. and This will be a great resource for veterans to, uh, to see what types of resources are out there, what alternative therapies are out there, and what can you get, uh, what types of, of benefits and care can you get at the VA. So this will be a, a great resource for not only veterans, but for, for families and, and for the public as, as, as well.
0: That's another key that we need to talk about is the fact that you have the veterans themselves who are affected directly and then the indirect effect on family members. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even if someone's sitting out there and they're thinking, well, I'm single, you know, this is, I'm my Mm -hmm. family. This isn't affecting my family. What about your parents? What about your siblings, your cousins, your aunts, your your uncles? I mean, most people have some sort of family support network. Mm -hmm. What can we do to help families deal with this and let them know what they can do to get the help that they might need? Mm
1: I think a lot of it is is spread, spreading the word on the the types of of um, care options that that are out there to to help your your family member or your your veteran um, you know become become whole again.
0: One of the things that I, I read about you doing as a part of your job is developing publications that actually help mm-hmm. people learn about these programs. Mm-hmm. How big of an issue do you think lack of awareness is it's, right it's, now?
1: It's a huge issue. Um, there's so many people that, that call me on, on the phone every, every week and they 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 tell me about their issues and what they're struggling with. And then I'll tell them what, what VA is doing, especially about their integrative health and wellness program. And a lot of them had no idea that you can go get acupuncture at, at VA. Mm.
0: And that's fairly new. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a fairly recent development in the chiropractic care. Mm-hmm. And again, there were people who fought it for various reasons that we don't need mm-hmm. to go into right now. Mm-hmm. But... If it's having that effect on on the mental health of someone, mm-hmm. w- what's the difference? If it's not hurting them physically, that's what I always say. What's exactly. the difference if it's helping them in that way? Um, where do you think we go from here? Now, as mm-hmm. I said, the suicides a day allegedly mm-hmm. dropped from 22 to 20 now. Mm-hmm. That's still mm-hmm. 365 times 20 is too big of a number mm-hmm. for me to count to because I'm mm-hmm. not so good at math. It's a lot of people. Yeah. Where do we go next? What's the next step in mm-hmm. this battle against uh, this epidemic?
1: So I think it was in 2010, the, the veteran suicide rate was was about 22 per, per day. And while it is down to 20 now, we, we, we can't forget that the actual amount of veterans has, has decreased. So while in 2010, we had about 22 million veterans in our country, a lot of the World War II and Korean-era veterans have, have passed on. And so our actual total number of veterans is 18 million. And so while the number of veterans has gone down, the rate has actually increased mm. um, A particular concern is among women veterans and among our our youngest veterans
0: that is something that a lot of people don't think about and when you start looking at the numbers as as a history buff the numbers involved in world war ii as far as the military are staggering i mean it's at a time there were almost as many people serving just in the navy in world war ii as as we've had on on active duty military Mm -hmm. at any other time Mm -hmm. the number of ships that we had the number of aircraft tanks Mm -hmm they were the largest percentage of the veteran community and now there are fewer and fewer left every day they're mm-hmm. reaching i mean if you fought in world war ii you're in your late 80s at least and that's mm-hmm. if you lied about your age mm-hmm. that's that's something where the rate and the total number is uh, it's significant so we're seeing a, a lower number where you're saying but we're actually seeing a higher percentage
1: yeah. and another thing i hear a lot of people talk about is they'll, they'll refer um yes, American rates of post-traumatic stress disorder to Israeli rates of post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm. So Israeli soldiers have have very low rates. We're talking 1% to 2% of of post-traumatic stress. A lot of people will will contribute that to the fact that they do resiliency classes uh, Mm. among their their military members. The one thing that I will compare American culture to Israeli culture is that when Israeli soldiers come home from, from the battlefront, they're surrounded by people who understand them, and people who have who have served alongside them because right. of their their universal conscription, and that's not something I'm I'm advocating for. But one thing I I'm a I'm a huge supporter of is is more understanding of our military members. I feel like most of our veterans have would have an easier transition if they're more understood at home.
0: And that's certainly a big key. And being understood at home is not just your spouse, not just your parents. It's everyone around you. It's your professors in college, like mm-hmm. the one that you had that. Uh, mm-hmm basically said that you were nothing but a ticking time bomb. It's yeah. it's understanding on large levels is necessary, including understanding by the VSOs, who mm-hmm. have really taken great strides and I think have been ahead of the power curve uh, when compared to the federal government, specifically on what veterans need. How happy are you with the work that the Legion is doing? But do you think that you guys can do more to address these issues?
1: Well, there's there's always more to do, and especially with, with the veteran suicide rate increasing. There's, there's always more to do, but... As as of what the American Legion is doing and what VA is currently doing to to fight the the suicide, um, suicide the high rates of suicide is is um, I'm I'm quite happy with it.
0: Now, Ryan, if people, whether they're Legion members or non-Legion member veterans, if they have questions or concerns about TBI, PTSD, if they want to find out more about what the Legion is doing to address these, uh, is there anybody that they can reach out to at the Legion for answers to some of those questions?
1: So I would definitely be the point of contact for any, any TBI or PTSD-related questions. You can reach me at 1202-263-5767 with any questions. Or if you per, prefer to get online, you're more than welcome to check out our, our website.
0: And that website, again, is legion.org. And we've been speaking with the TBI and PTSD Programs Coordinator for the Legion, Ryan Britch. Ryan, what's the one thing that you would like people to know about the work that the Legion is doing, as well as, you know, other organizations that you guys see doing great work out there? What's the biggest takeaway that you want the uh, the population and veterans in general to know about?
1: So one of the things that most attracted me to the American Legion is that we're really the avant-garde uh, of focusing on on complementary and alternative therapies. So this is beyond uh, merely medicating our, our veterans, but actually finding solutions to the problems. What is the root cause, and how can we fix that?
0: And there is a way forward on this. This isn't a mm-hmm. hopeless battle, is it, Ryan? Exactly. There's, there's still victories to be won.
1: Um, in the honor of, of Martin Luther King Jr., he has this, this quote that always really sticks with me. Um, if, if you cannot fly, run. If you cannot run walk if you cannot walk crawl whatever you must do continue to move forward and while this 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 quotation from martin luther king jr is regarding civil uh, civil rights I, i do believe that it also um can be utilized for for this
0: Yeah, certainly. I think it applies universally, and I think you'd be hard-pressed to find many people who disagree with that. And I think you'd be hard-pressed to find many groups out there doing as good work to battle the scourges of PTSD and related to TBIs or separately than the American Legion and Ryan Bridge. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: It was great to be here. Thank you.